0: You're being sold this idea of, hey, we got this great idea. And honestly, even the people who make the show, they don't know it's going to suck yet. They all believe this is going to be good.
1: (laughs) I like your concession because you're always so good about not giving your hand. But you just said (laughs) people don't know it's going to suck yet, which you couldn't help but say that you can't not say it sucks.
0: Hey everyone at S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, decide if it's a show we want a green light or cancel. This week we're gonna be talking about Aliens in the Family. Aliens in the Family went eight episodes with only one season on ABC. We were talking about episode one, which was called Meet the Brodies, originally airing July 15th, 1996. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gaggs with me, as always, the boys, Joe, Ferg, Nick, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Hey
1: Yo. I am Joe Bart, the displeased. Not funny. <laughs> not funny. <laughs> not funny. Oh, that's Holy funny. Shit. Does this show know what it's doing where the first five minutes of it, one character just yells out, not funny? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I imagine most of you guys listening to us today are very familiar with the... TGIF show Aliens in the Family
2: The one that ran two episodes before it show was canceled. They
0: chose to pull this <laughs>
1: off and put reruns of another show versus playing more than two episodes of this fucking show
0: So eight episodes were made and aired but only two made it on a TGIF <laughs> and then after week two they're like this isn't going to fly and they just kind of like dumped the rest of them on like regular Saturday morning programming just slowly got them out of the way
1: To give you an idea, too, I looked everywhere for, like, a contemporaneous review of this show. Like, I really wanted to read, like, an article about it at the time. And there's, like, nothing that exists. But if you go on IMDb, somebody who worked for Jim Henson Productions wrote thing. He's like, it's not that bad. It would be a cult show if people remembered it. And I was like, buddy, you are fucking wrong.
2: No, that's that's a man after my own heart. I gotta say I agree with that
3: guy because I remember this show.
2: I did, too. I
4: didn't
3: remember the pilot but i remember watching it
0: i had no idea
3: yeah nothing about
2: this i remember the alien i remember bobert like as a kid i remember watching this
3: but it goes to show you the power of member berries because i remember this as dinosaurs but with aliens <laughs>
2: i it's mean not okay like,
0: far that's stretch.
2: what it
1: is <laughs> and is this the worst thing with the name henson on it
0: it's up there it's
4: gotta be unless you want to count ninja turtles three this is, this is worse than Ninja Turtles 3.
3: No, Henson did not have anything to do with Ninja Turtles 3. They had already retired those costumes. That's why they get the spots on them, the age spots.
0: The, yeah, ah. those, the, the animatronics on the Turtles Don't 3. Don't you
3: put Ninja Turtles 3 on Jim but Henson, Michelangelo
1: it. from Turtles 1 and 2 is in this show. Yes. Is he? Yes. He is the body of Spike. Or Spit. That, <laughs> spit. Was, a, that was
0: a hard thing to track because... The the credits, like, the IMDb credits and everything are so poorly put together because there's not enough on the show that it was tough to, they don't, like, differentiate, like, characters from the voice versus who's in the The body,
1: suit. the puppeteers, yeah. And, look, everybody who puppeteered on this and made these costumes and all that stuff, no issue.
4: Oh, Amazing. yeah. I really mean, cool. Visually, very well done, yeah. But that's where the
3: entire budget went. The entire budget went into those costumes because Uh, those effects are bad. Here's the thing,
1: though. Those costumes to me were fine. It's when they tried to do other things with them. Where it's like, let me pull my brain out. Where you're like, okay, this looks like fucking human garbage. What are you doing? That's what I'm yeah, saying.
3: Okay. That's not the costumes, though. That's the after effects. The, but, and it's costumes not the puppeteers are great. Who,
1: do, who all have amazing credits. Like, everybody in this is like, I was in Muppets Take Manhattan. And you're like, Muppets Take My Money. I fucking love that. But this is not
0: that. The guy who played Michelangelo that you mentioned earlier, Joe, you would also know, so, you know how, like, they sneak all of them into the movies? Not keen, all right. Oh, no, he's not keen. No, he's the he, he's the one who was like the pizza guy, though, like the Domino's pizza oh, guy. That like he uh, slips
3: the money out. Yeah, I got to get a better route. That guy.
0: Also, I don't know. Did you guys did you guys read this? Which I think is way more interesting and like a womp womp as far as like TJF and ABC goes. Third Rock from the Sun was originally supposed to air on ABC, but it had recently been bought by Disney, and the network dropped it. Because they want to do this more family-friendly alien show instead. So then NBC went on to buy the rights to Third Rock, which went on for six seasons.
1: Wow. It was a good TV show. A a genuinely good TV show. And
0: one we covered a while back. So if any of you guys are fairly new to us, you can go back and listen to us cover um, Third Rock from the Sun.
1: I really want to see the day that whatever CEO made that decision, the day where, like, two security guards are walking him out of his office with, like, a little banker's box with all his stuff in it, with, like, an Emmy falling over, and he's like, but I've done other good stuff! And they're like, we don't care. This was so bad, you're fucking fired, Bob.
0: <laughs> that's got to be, like, the big mistake. That's the one of those things that carry you around. Like, that's your legacy. Oh, remember when Bill decided to get rid of uh, <laughs> Third Rock?
2: Uh, now, question... So, you said, Joe, that there was nothing on this, like as far as third party articles and whatnot, correct?
1: I couldn't find anything contemporaneous to the it's time. It's go to have a gotcha
2: it. moment. So, are we the first people to <laughs> review and deep dive no. aliens in the fam? Is this no, our People on our like IMDb
1: and stuff have reviews, but but nobody at the time wanted to talk about it. Like, I assumed there'd be like a scathing piece and like entertainment weekly or something that was like this is a nightmare but it was so bad and gone so quick that people were just like it's not even worth i'm sure things
0: existed in the moment through like like newspaper reviews and stuff but it was right at that cusp of like the internet was obviously out in the mid 90s but it didn't it wasn't what it is today so not everything was being archived the same and saved properly so
1: it also doesn't help, too, that there was a movie called Aliens in the Family from the 80s and a BBC show called Aliens yeah. in the Family as well. Yep. So you really get in a weird loop of trying to figure out what show you're talking about when you look for that stuff. So I could have missed something. I've always wanted to get one of those newspaper dot com subscriptions where you can kind of search anything. And they you get just like millions of years of archives for all these different papers.
3: All right. So you get that and I'll finally get Paramount Plus. OK, and then we can share passwords. We'll both commit, commit to our uh, subscriptions. And then I'll use it to just look up
1: reviews of uh, uh, Bar (laughs) (laughs) show.
0: (laughs) So I wanted to bring this up as well before we get into it. This is a Ferg pick. and Ferg, who's taken a lot of pride in being the fake S1E1 champion. And everyone knows it's me, the Iron Man of S1E1. Ferg, you knew that this was a show that, we'll get into it, but not a slam dunk green light type of show. So what inspired you to pick such a offbeat show like this one? Oh, have, heavy is
3: the head that wears the crown. I, I, just, I couldn't <laughs> remain the champ that long. So I just put this one out there so I can start picking more shows to torture Joe for all the torture he's given me. I
1: mean, to be fair, if you were like, I want to make a show that tortures Joe and give a good pick for it, you found a good pick. <laughs> Consider me tortured.
0: Especially if they had brought up, like, Rihanna or something in the middle of the...
4: <laughs> <laughs> These damn quirky aliens.
3: <laughs> the aliens just playing a ukulele. <laughs> just killed oh,
4: Fucking jump out my
3: window.
0: A couple weeks ago, we put out Happy Together, and, you know, hopefully most of you guys have listened to that. I was recently, like, listening back as I had to, like, pick clips and stuff like that. As I'm listening to it, there were points where, like, we're getting into debates and arguing and... That was like the most in a long time that as a listener, I wanted to interject into the conversation again. Like I had new <laughs> points I wanted to make and
2: argue.
4: Same. I had so. that feeling. I do it every week when I listen.
0: So it's a <laughs> like, fun one. And it's it's tough to plug a lesser known show on another lesser known show. But if any of you guys <laughs> are listening to this that haven't listened a couple of weeks ago, go back and check out Happy Together. I've ripped
1: Happy Together so hard The other day when I watched this, I was praying for happy together. I would have danced naked on my roof. If I could have watched happy together over this, this is a nightmare fuel,
0: which is interesting because like, listen, I didn't love this show either, but like dinosaurs was the second episode we ever did. And I I always kind of have these like little regrets when we covered good shows early now, because I feel like at least I hope that we're better now than we were when we first started. Like, oh, man, you know, it would be nice to, like, talk about that a little bit better. To look at, like, a show that you, it would be the best comparison, like you mentioned earlier, and see just how different those roads went, you know, with some of the same people behind, like, the animatronics and things like that. Very interesting. I I think at this point we should just get into the episode itself. Uh, It should be a a fun one to deep dive.
1: Not fun to deep dive.
3: (laughs)
0: The intro itself is just a cartoon, and it's explaining the story behind the show, which um, I kind of like this um, device to do that. Very Hanna Barbera,
1: the cartoons as well.
0: You know what I thought it looked a lot I like? Was... I think
1: a genie,
2: right? Yes. And Jetsons I-
0: first, I and got I then I got
2: Ren and yeah. Stimpy.
0: You know what I thought?
2: Ren and um, Stimpy. <laughs> well, when they pull <laughs> him Stim- up, who is Stimpy? Stimpy. Stimpy. Yeah, Stimpy. St- stimpy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, Ron and Stompy. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: I thought watching the intro was the animation. The animation to me looked a lot like Dexter's Laboratory.
3: Yeah. I see that too.
0: And I was trying so hard to look up who did the animation for the show, but it just wasn't like out there. I couldn't find it in the credits or in anything written. Oh, but for I was the like, show. It looks so similar. I was like, I bet it's the same people doing the animation for it. I want to know who did Todd Rundgren? Owe money to <laughs> an alien, yeah, like a
1: legitimate rock star who produced some of the greatest records of all time and played on a lot of great records too. Has been legitimately just in music, and he was the people they go to, he's the artist they go to see in the episode of that 70s show, yeah, the pilot that we covered, right? Yeah, he produced Next Position Please by Cheap Trick, he produced the first New York Dolls album. He produced Bat out of Hell. He is a hero among heroes. And somebody put a gun to his head and said, I need you to write a little jaunty tune for aliens in the family. (laughs) Well,
0: it's not like they're like, hey, Todd, we want you to sit down and watch the whole season and then write a song based on your feelings about it. They're like, hey, we're ABC. Here's a giant check. We need a quick jingle for the show.
3: I hope it was a big check. I hope for him he was like, I'm buying a new pool. Don't forget, Uncle Jesse also wrote jingles, so they get rock sauce to write jingles. That's, that's true. true too. Yeah.
0: Meow, 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 <laughs> meow. <laughs> totally <laughs>
3: radio. A Ted's tire town.
0: <laughs> the intro, though, we're seeing of like in cartoon form. The story being told is a man's being abducted by aliens, and then the the alien that's doing the actual examination on him, looking through like that like big like spyglass thing falls in love with him instantly, reveals herself to be somewhat in human form as a female. The two, you know, lock eyes get married and now they live together with their kids. So it's like step-by-step step, Brady Bunch with aliens.
1: It's very Brady Bunch because there's like the kids from both. Here's my question for you is Bobart Bobbert. I don't fucking care. Is Bobbit? the baby Bobit uh, again? I don't care. Is john wayne bobbit the puppet is
3: that their new baby together no it's the because she even says later in the episode that like he's supposedly like some i forget what, i forget already but it's like he's the center of the universe an important like a
4: person in their like culture but yeah it yeah. doesn't mean that he can't be his father
2: doesn't mean that he wasn't clapping alien cheeks
4: well, but if, if that was the
1: case, though, there's no human DNA involved. He's full alien baby. So are we to believe that, like, they just got together? Like, this happened, like, yesterday? This dude's living in the house? That no, we
2: don't know baby. how these aliens age. Yeah, and and we don't know their ingestion period. And you know what, I too? Hate, I hate <laughs> this conversation. To
0: tie this back into dinosaurs, I feel like they thought Bobit would be, like, the baby, like, yep, Sinclair. No, right. for sure. And they Gestation really wanted that. period.
1: But it would have been interesting. That makes if sense they, because the majority of this episode, I was going not the podcast, not the podcast, <laughs> not the podcast. While I watched this, I
0: would have liked to have seen though maybe them create Bobit in a way that was a little bit more hybrid because I was under the impression that maybe it was the product of both parents.
2: No, no, no. So think about this, right? You have Here two dogs or two yeah. cats, <laughs> right? And they're different colors. So the first batch might just be, you know, all orange. Say you have an orange cat and a black cat. The first one might be all black or all orange. It takes on the dominant DNA Gordo, We understand how genetics work, but there's still cats. All right, but yeah, but this is but, not a human and, baby. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know he doesn't have a giant
0: human dong? What the fuck? You're, first off, you're talking about a baby dick, whether it's an alien or a human. You're crossing a territory I would never cross
4: into without saying something. Come on, Joe. You have done that before. Like, not in, in like, recently.
1: Uh, never extraterrestrial babies. Okay? Oh, okay.
4: I'm sorry. Only human baby dongs are on the table for Joe. Well, it <laughs> so. depends on the baby. I mean, they might be older babies, too. It's hard That's to gauge. on the baby?
1: What okay. the fuck
0: does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> to, to dial this back a little bit and just talk about the intro as a whole, guys. Ugh. How do you feel about just this device, the kind of storytelling through the intro? I thought, it, for, for what it's worth, I kind of like using this to tell a story.
1: I mean, as the one minute of this episode that wasn't any of the characters being on screen,
0: it's probably
1: my favorite part of this whole episode.
0: Well, I mean, to to be serious for a moment and think about all the shows we cover and all the different ways to intro the show. And so many pilots feel the need to describe the whole premise within the show because you're new to it. I kinda like something that's like, here's what's going on, now let's get into the world. Like, so I, I did appreciate that. Yeah,
4: element. but we already have questions that haven't been answered. So it didn't do a great job. Well, it's not gonna
0: answer everything, but I think it just it gives you enough that you can like see this wild thing where there's a an alien and a human married and not be like, Wait, what's going on here?
1: No, I appreciate the I dream of Genie and Jetsons aspect of it. Yeah. For sure, that like tells a story without the lyrics sort of having to do it, but Again, the fact that we still have questions is probably an issue if that's the device you're going to go with.
3: I'm guessing this was the only way they could do it. I'm get, like They spent all that money on the Henson like suits and stuff. They didn't have a money, the money to do a proper episode where they do the whole, he gets abducted. They show the entire backstory. You see a spaceship. You see space. Everything. So doing it in cartoon form and just putting you right in the middle of the story, I think it worked.
0: I would say knowing what we know now about how much it would probably cost to physically make the alien animatronics, and you look at the rest of the show, you can see that's where the budget went. There's not a lot of money spent elsewhere in this episode.
1: No, And look, no. I think it's great that they actually used Henson puppets animatronics. That's amazing, because now this show would all be CGI. They wouldn't give people who have this like amazing craft to like make these things that looked so cool, right? That's why Sesame street works. It's why the Muppets work because yeah. they're physical beings in this
0: world. Well, it's TGIF. I mean, they were, ex- this was expected to be something big when you look at the track record. And I think TGIF it's like ABC and TGIF is interesting when you look at it because they have so many monster hit shows that came out of that. But when you really deep dive all the aliens of the families of the world, there's a lot of shows that had a cup of coffee that like didn't work it's just that they had so many hits that as a whole we look at it as a as a, a win being on TGIF
4: Well yeah i mean isn't friday typically the bad day like if you're if you're a sh- if you're a network show and you get put on a friday that's not good Maybe nowadays Well that's the beauty of TGIF
1: though is because it was for a demographic of people who would be home if you've got kids who are between the ages of like 5 yeah. and 11 or 12 and their parents they're all going to be home on friday night That's why, like, wrestling typically doesn't work on a Friday night, right? Things like that, because it's for an older group of people who are going to be out doing stuff.
0: That's why, like, Thursday is, like, the monster, like, all the big shows that are more towards, like, older teens into young adults and so on. Is like, that's Thursday night.
1: And TGF was smart, too, because all of their tie-ins were always with, like, fast food places, too, where they were, like... TGIF and Domino's Pizza, like, get a pizza with your family, watch yeah. all two hours of it, right, like, so it was built in to be, like, kids who are younger,
4: parents are gonna order pizza, night. And it's, it's such a night. bummer that we don't have that, like, I mean, yeah, there's shows that still come out, you know, weekly on certain days and stuff like that, but, like, that event like that doesn't exist right. anymore, and it's kind of a bummer. And now if there is
1: event watching, like, if you love a show that's weekly, you watch it the next day on demand.
4: Right, yeah.
3: One of these days, they're going to have an executive for like, I say we bring back TGIF and it's going to be a big
2: event and then it's going to suck. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's going to blow because you don't have the technology. Like, how else were you going to watch these shows except to tune in to TGIF? You had to watch it live. Yeah, you had to.
1: If you missed it, you hoped you caught it in the summer on a rerun. That was it.
2: There's no way that it can be that big event anymore. Not going to happen. Yeah, I guess you're right.
4: Yeah.
0: So now let's get back into shitting on this show. The the first scene, we have Cookie, who's the mother, and she's walking the new nanny into the baby's room. And right off the bat, you can see the mom has, like, it's tough because the quality we watched. full disclosure, you can find the show on YouTube if you want to watch it. The quality version we had was not, like, phenomenal. It was good enough for to cover the show. The sides of her head were, like, these almost, like, plastic fin scaly type things like on the sides yeah, of her were head they, like
3: gills like I, I i don't even know like i thought gill slits yeah but if you
0: weren't paying enough attention it could easily it just look like, like gray hair gray almost. hair slick back gray yeah. hair yeah. exactly yeah
1: it looked like she had like yeah like the you know like when you see horror women sometimes they have like the shocking gray
4: part like a lily of yeah What's if name?
0: you Not watched the um the cartoon intro you could you'd get a better vibe for what that yeah. was supposed to be yeah so the two are walking into um the baby's room and like woke it up the baby is bobit we mentioned before wasn't entirely sure if bobit was a boy or a girl i think boy but then like every time the father would talk it was a lot of like not that it, it's completely one way or another but it was a lot of honey and sweetheart and stuff like which is typically of like your like female baby but
1: well, if it's a girl, Gordo's going to be super sad when he wants to see that giant giant dog that it doesn't yeah.
3: have one. No, but I think the mother refers him to as a he later in the episode when she's talking when she's talking to the um, it doesn't even kind of matter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, like, <laughs> like literally that. doesn't matter. <laughs> for, for the sake of argument, I'm going to go with he a lot because that's what I wrote in the notes moving forward.
3: Bobert's a very masculine name. All right. It's definitely a he.
0: <laughs> so when Bobert wakes up, you hear him say, speak your mission. And before even like getting too much farther, I want to get over um, or go over how the alien looks and the voice. We talked a bit about it being a Jim Henson thing. I thought it was too much. Now, I think the animatronics would be fine if this was like dinosaurs and it was a world that it was only aliens and there were no humans. I think it would have been okay. But in this like merged world, I thought the scale and the way they looked was so exaggerated. It just, it it didn't work for me. I I, Like, when you look at the the one picture of the show you can find when you Google it, of the family, like, on the steps, it just looks so weird to have them all together.
1: I'm sure we talked about this before, too, on Dinosaurs, but, like, they weren't all exact sort of replicas of the parents type of dinosaur, but they were all types of dinosaurs you knew. So your brain kind of just took, like, oh, they're dinosaur people. Yeah, I don't know any of these aliens. Yeah, like, why is this, why does one of them have spiky hair? Why does one of them... Look completely different. Why does one look like the baby from Dinosaurs? Like, it doesn't make any sense.
0: I just thought the overall character looked like the developed what they thought the aliens should look like were just the the, the scale to human just looked too off. I, I don't know. It was too exaggerated for me.
2: Have you guys ever played that game Spore? No, no that's not real. Yes, it is. And you could create aliens, and that's kind of what this baby looked like. Was like the the model of spore. Like, look it up, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I also
0: took issue with the baby's voice was so fake alien voice. It was and like then, 50s alien, like. and no one else in the family talks that way. Like, so the other aliens don't they don't talk like this? Why <laughs> is it
4: robotic? You're not a robot. You're an alien. And like, and sometimes he acts like a baby. Sometimes he acts like he's not a baby. I don't know. This was. I hated this character a lot. I mean, lot. my
1: next question comes into the scene, too, where I'm like, is alien and human cohabitation a thing that happens in the world that we're living in? Or does nobody just give a shit that this guy married an alien and has alien kids, too, who go
4: to their high school? They don't explain that ever. But here's the thing, though. The wife is humanoid.
3: But, Joe, remember I told you at the, like before we even started I had one glaring issue?
0: It's that that's not answered. So we'll see this throughout the episode, but yeah, to talk about it, it, there's no point when the nanny or the people at the country club or the other kids, aliens just exist here. It's just a thing. Nobody at any point is going like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't happen once. Everyone's just okay with the world that there's aliens living in the town.
1: But they only exist in this family. When they go yeah, to you other don't see parts any of others. the show, yeah, you'd be like an alien waiter walks by. I'd be like, fine. I know what world we live in. Right.
2: So in the intro, though, if you guys really deep dived and pay attention, it said Wedding of the Century Time Magazine. So they were on the cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> okay. I will. I, look, Gordo, you know what, Gordo?
1: I'm going to give this to you. But yeah, this is. No, you're right. You got it. That nails it. I hate it, but you're right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate that you said it. I hate that the show did it. It doesn't make sense for the show.
0: I hate that Gordo said it, because usually Gordo's the one that we have to argue for not paying attention to anything, and somehow <laughs> this is where he put a microscope to the fucking screen and wanted to catch everything.
1: Well, as the only person who green greenlight this, he had to find every detail he possibly could.
0: <laughs> Moving forward again, so to continue on with the scene, Bobitz goes, I am Bobitz, the displeased, and then the nanny's like, I am Sally, the nanny. <laughs> He's like, not funny, d- device mimicry. <laughs> love you doing the voice.
1: Yeah, I really enjoy you doing <laughs> yeah. the voice. I'm like, how about you just do the whole thing and we do just like a
0: Wikipedia I, thought, I, and... I felt bad for the nanny because she's trying so hard to just be, you know, a fun nanny.
2: <laughs> a fanny, if you will.
0: Right. Um, And Cookie leaves so the two can get to know each other a little bit better. And Boba tells Sally that he wants pudding. And she's like, oh, I don't think that's like such a good idea in the morning. And you just hear now. And like the room shakes because. When I wanted to
1: give this show a chance, when the room shook at this point, I was like, fuck. And then I looked down. And again, Jay, you mentioned it. We have There's a YouTube version of this show. It was the only thing you can see. When I first watched this show, and thought it was 28 minutes long. I almost cried. And when he said, <laughs> no, and everything shook, and I looked down and it said 27 minutes. I
3: contemplated so many dark things to do versus doing this episode. In all fairness, it wasn't a 28- minute show it had commercials because we watched the youtube version
0: when you don't know that the commercials are in the the version we watched it, yeah this it is was... pretty
1: commercial and you look at the time yeah. and you're like how dare the world do this to us
0: so we cut to the kitchen and we see two of the kids in the family and like we said that so they both are coming into this relationship with kids of their own so it's a hybrid of alien children and human children
1: One time when this alien met this lady. It's like very.
0: Yeah. So one's like a teenage girl and the other one's like a teenage boy who happens to be a seven foot alien in a plaid shirt.
1: Who looks very much like uh, the son in Dinosaurs. Eddie. Yes. Yes. You know
0: what I thought he was, though? He was like the hybrid of Robbie Sinclair and his buddy Spike.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is that why I called him Spike at the beginning? Maybe my brain was doing that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, me too.
0: Because he spit. Yeah. So, I thought it was kind of like the mix between the two is what they were going for. Because Robbie Sinclair from Dinosaurs is a little bit more upbeat and like energetic, where he's got that like slow kind of stoner vibe almost. He's got like a too cool
1: for school thing too, where he's like. Yeah. I would like to say this scene though would never be an issue at Stanley Hudson from The Office's House because Stanley Hudson, as we know, has two toasters.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Now I have two toasters. Yeah, so Spit is cooking toast and. When it pops up into the air, he catches the toast in his mouth and swallows it whole. I, I, I didn't mind that. And then when um, she goes to use the toaster, Heather, his sister, he just grabs it from her and then crunches it up and eats it. And you see him, like, suck the cord up like it's a piece of spaghetti. And she's uh, like, what are you doing? He goes, there are crumbs in it.
3: I love his voice.
0: I love that
2: you're going to be doing this whole thing in character.
1: This reminded me, too, to go to a better sitcom. I always think of every time I use the toaster, there's an episode of Married with Children when there's no food in the house. Toaster leavings, Yeah, toaster leavings, yeah. where they just eat the crumbs. And I was like, oh, he would have at least gotten the toaster leavings.
0: When you talk about dumb shit that you just never forget. And it's mm-hmm. like that insignificant part of a random episode of Married with Children. Yep, we all have it. Uh, yeah, and, and she's like, you know, she wanted to use it to, um, you know, make her own toast. And he's like, get your own toaster to eat. And the two start arguing, which um, makes the parents walk in. And that's when we meet uh, the dad whose name's Doug. And he's telling Heather that, you know, you need to get along with your brother. He has this very generic TV dad type vibe to him.
1: I don't blame this guy. Doug Brody is the actor's name. He's in Chud. He's in the Abyss. He's the mayor in Super Troopers.
0: Character's name is Doug Brody.
4: Is yeah, it's John Bedford Lloyd. I'm sorry. Yeah, John Bedford Lloyd as Doug Brody. But like,
0: He's the mayor in Super Troops.
4: Yeah, spread it on. <laughs> <laughs> With the
1: shotgun. He's in the Abyss, the fucking James Cameron movie. That's a great, insane movie. Like, and that's all pre this. He did the Abyss and then was like,
4: I will be the dad in Aliens in the Family. Again, when
0: you sign up to project. Yeah, you though- don't know that
4: they're gonna be this bad. Like, you know, especially on the heels of, of things like the di- of like dinosaurs that did really well. Yeah, like there's sure. And, you know, you're getting sold, like, a salesman, too. Like, a salesman is selling the actor this show, right? They're not going to be like, well, it might suck if you want to do it. You know, They're going to pump it up. Speaking of salesman, too, in my
1: notes, I did write at one point that he reminds me so much of Biff in Death of a Salesman. He's such the, like, trod-upon, like... He's Gil from The Simpsons, who's basically oh, Biff from Gil. Death of a Salesman. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I wish I got a leg up at work. Oh, God, don't put him on the
0: phone. It's like, oh, God. This goes back to the whole, like, Todd Rundgren thing, too. It's You're being sold this idea of, hey, we got this great idea. And honestly, even the people who make the show, they don't know it's going to suck yet. They all believe this is going to be good.
1: (laughs) I like your concession because you're always so good about not giving your hand. But you just said
0: people don't know it's going to suck yet, which you couldn't help but say that you can't not say it sucks. It's one of those... Hey, we have this idea for a show. It's going to be on TGIF. We're putting it right on a great time slot. We're going to, you know, it's going to be kind of like the a, a typical family sitcom meets dinosaurs only with aliens. Like on paper, this all makes sense to them. Jim Henson's involved. Yeah. Jim Henson's involved. So like I get
1: it, why everybody signed on for sure. I don't blame anybody for signing on.
0: And it's one of those. I've heard actors talk about it, too. Like you get the script and it sounds good. And then once you're like in the building and you're recording, you go like, uh oh. Yeah, like, oh no,
1: we're (laughs) fucked
0: Spit, uh, we find out During this argument, we find out that Spit is a family name Which means handsome warrior And he says, like, oh To Heather, like, do you want to know what your name means In my planet, or should I say Gum disease (laughs) (laughs) So So then I wanted a
1: commercial From their language, being like a person brushing their teeth And being like, Heather (laughs) (laughs) why would they not (laughs) lean into
0: it (laughs) There's also that point where she accuses them of stealing her hydrating shampoo, but we realize that it was one of the other alien children, um, Snizzy, because she's at the dinner table and she burps up bubbles. I
3: actually like Snizzy because she's normal. Like, she just seems like a normal kid.
0: She does, like, out of... I mean, so does Spit to a degree, but yeah, she's like the I mean, Spit seems
1: like a teenager, for sure.
0: The dynamic between Snizzy and then Adam, who's like the the human counterpart child that's like to her age like they get along they're just regular friends they're about the same age like that kind of makes sense throughout the episode no agreed. we get a quick cut to to Sally and Bobit in the living room playing like roll the ball (laughs) and he just like (laughs) beams her in the head and like knocks her down this poor woman is trying so hard but
3: later you see her and she's in a sling was the ball what hurt her
0: I don't I don't know I, I saw that, and we'll talk about that, because that specific thing was some, was something that bothers me later
1: on. I imagine she slipped on an errand pudding wrapper.
0: Now we get back to Doug and Cookie talking, and Doug mentions that he wishes that the kids would get along better, and he feels bad because he feels like, you know, I made them move all the way to this planet, and you know now they're sharing a bathroom, like, I wish I could afford a bigger house. And she's like, call me a sentimental old fool, but I say when a woman abducts a man from a house, they stay there.
2: Not funny. <laughs> have we talked about how the mother is a stone cold fox?
0: So I'm glad you mentioned this because I wanted to bring this up at some point. So Margaret Trigg is the woman who plays Cookie. She, if you look at her acting credits, didn't have much else. This was like her last thing. So now she she passed in 2003. So Margaret Trigg, I ended up reading a long uh, like New York Post article about her. Margaret Trigg ended up having, like, severe body dysmorphia. She was unaware that she was, like, as you said, like, a stone-cold fox. She was a beautiful woman. She really was. But from when she was young, she just, like, she got... I guess it all stemmed, like, I guess in school, like, when she was a kid, some they teased her for, like, having was a big butt. because of the gills she had? Yes, because of the gills. First off, like, how dare these idiot kids tease any girl for having a big butt? But, um, so she's, like she had like severe body dysmorphia. I think by the time she recorded this show, had like one nose job done. But then afterwards, all the money she made from this show, which was in the six figures for doing like, you know, eight episodes of a primetime television show was all spent towards surgeries. And she got to this point of like, she developed a eating disorder and she just kind of like was one of those girls who kind of lost her mind over the years and like had a hard time with like food and, She had all these, like, pictures of herself, I guess, that were, like, 8 by 10s of her, like, um, shots of her face that she would draw all over and, like, point out, like, parts of her face that she thought needed adjusting. And it just got to a point where, like, she was starting to come to, I guess, but it was, like, way too late in life. And, I mean, she was getting surgeries and she was, like, having to shop doctors because most of them wouldn't even, like, operate on her anymore because her face was so messed up. Kind of a sad story. So, sorry to, like... (laughs) pivot as you mentioned this, but like, it was something I had read and I found it really interesting. I think it's like, this is obviously a, a an episode in the show that we're going to joke a lot about, but I thought it really, it really stood out to me because I'm watching and going over my notes and I'm looking at her. I'm like, wow, like a very beautiful woman. And like for the dialogue and what you're given here, I was like, she could have under different circumstances, been on a better show and been the mom on some other show that would have been wildly successful. And your life's completely different. And I was like, why is there like IMDb so short? And then to see that she passed and just kind of like that note of, you know, you don't know what's going on with a person. Like, I, I know it's like I'm killing the vibe of the show a little bit right now. Yeah, but Big time. But I don't know. I just thought it was really important to kind of note because like such a beautiful girl and just didn't realize it. And I think there's something to be said there. And like and, and for people to listen to realize, like kind of know your worth and, and not get so locked into that.
3: Yeah, that's a super bummer. You
0: want to talk about the
3: death of uh, Robin Williams next?
0: Um, no, I. Uh, when we do Mark and Mindy, okay, break. <laughs> <laughs> Uh So enough, yeah, enough. Um, serious, and I guess we'll move. But Yeah, to- though that's a super
1: bummer, and like I'm sad to hear that she's n- she's good in Rotor, like Rotor. But it's sad when you see people who have like a small. We see a lot of small IMDb and listings, right? And usually it's because they're just like not good actors or kids. It's sad to see that's because somebody passed away from something so sad, and I uh, I do feel very bad about that. She
4: died from surgery. I missed that part. No, like, she was over? like very
0: weak from having an eating disorder and things like that. Oh, she okay. died from a,
4: an amphetamine overdose.
2: Oh,
0: that's terrible.
4: Her heart just couldn't take it. Uh, I assume because of the eating.
0: Yeah, she was in a facility. She was in a facility towards the end of her life. She was, um, she was like being prescribed things for you know, all her mental issues.
1: As somebody who's done amphetamines before, you definitely feel like your heart's going to explode, and you can overdo that real easy. So that's uh, that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, so to get back into the episode itself.
3: Yeah, let's get back to the funny.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I wanted to say about the show itself, though, was kind of the use of like this, like, okay, we get it, you're aliens. And I would have just preferred, show me, don't tell me. And it was a lot of jokes and stuff throughout the episode where they're like, oh, you know, it was just too like the dialogue kept having to drive in the point. We're aliens from another area. Like, you know, we see that. There was one
1: specific joke where they do that, and this where I actually timed it. But I was so angry about the joke that I timed how long it went. And that was when I like officially was like, I can't do this anymore.
0: I just felt like try, just live your lives kind of normal. And you know, it's <laughs> we covered for reasons, you know, with Cavemen a long time ago, a show I actually really liked, and we've covered it know this references once in a while but like what i liked about the show is they just lived normal lives and happened to be cavemen and like yeah culturally right. some things would be different this was a constant like oh by the way we're aliens oh we're aliens we because we're aliens this happens and i was like okay just dial up just be aliens in the real world and let's move forward <laughs> just be
3: aliens <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doug wishes that he had some sort of an advantage at work because he hasn't had a raise in years, and he compares himself to all his other, like, coworkers that, you know, seem to be up the boss's ass a little bit. And Cookie reminds him, well, if, if he didn't like you, then, like, why would his wife have me and Bobit over for a play date today? Every time
1: you say Bobit, seriously, I, like, die a little bit inside. <laughs> it's so hard.
0: So Doug runs up to Bobit and reminds him, you know, hey, play nice today and don't hurt the boss's baby because daddy needs a new promotion. And then Bobit asks Doug to read him Pat the Bunny. And he says, sure. And he sits with them and they go over like a couple pages of the book and exchange kisses before heading to work. You get that goofy cheek pull thing when Bobit bites, um, kisses dad's cheek where like his cheek expands and like follows his lips. It looks like the Scorpions album "Animal Magnetisms" cover. I'll say this though: almost every
3: interaction with the dad and Bulbit, though, I thought was very sweet, and it was like one one of the few things I really liked. There the, was the a show. point later
0: that yeah. I yeah. really that I did like. When we'll go, we'll get to it.
3: The cheek thing was corny.
0: The cheek thing. I'm not
3: sticking up for that. I'm just no. saying their love was like real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Which makes is just crazy, too, if we were like, we decided, or we, I think we've decided, that he's taken them on as like a step-parent, that he cares about the baby so much, and they care about each other so much. That's very sweet. My question for you guys, has anybody ever read Pat the Bunny? Because I was not familiar with this book as a kid.
2: Like, as a no, kid, yeah. I don't I feel like so. I've heard of it.
0: Yeah, it sounded familiar, so I figured it was real.
3: Apparently, it's only one page, because he only ever reads one page to him. I mean, kids. I guess like the
0: one page. It's what I mean. I've read like books like that to my niece, where it's like they have like little interactive, like feel, you know, yeah. like the fur or whatever. So like, that's why kids like them. It's not even the story. It's like that they get to play along.
1: They just re released it a couple of years ago. You can buy it for like nine dollars online. I did some weird deep dive into this. And the re-release is like the expanded edition that now contains four pages from the original 1940 version that were taken out. And I was like, what were in that? What would they feel like in 1940? They were like, that's too far. I was but like, they oh, put good. Back in oh, good.
0: They re-released the the racist version as a deluxe form. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> it's like the the buddies like punching the Axis powers or something. He's like, take <laughs> that, Hirohito. He's like, wait a minute. What's happening in this book?
0: <laughs> so um, now we get to the next scene where it's that play date at the boss's house. And we start by seeing Bobit and the boss's baby, like, playing on the rug. And Bobit's like, you know, telling the other baby to stop the incoherent babbling. And it pans over to the moms who are chatting. And Cookie's telling her, like, this casual story, the other mother, about how she was so busy at work back in the day that she missed her daughter losing her first ear.
1: <laughs> Fuck me.
0: Yeah, and this is this is when I noted... You know, we talked about it earlier, this, like, idea of, oh, so aliens just exist here, and that's normal, I guess. Cookie's also going through old photos to show um, this one that has uh, the two oldest kids with their dad. And talks about how he was never there for the kids, but at least they got his looks. And you see that, like, the dad looks exactly like, you know, those two kids. Uh, just, like, that big exaggerated alien.
3: So I think that that shows that Bulbert's his, because he looks like the other three. The dad and the two brother and the brother and sister.
2: No, no. See, I thought that because Bobit wasn't in the, the
0: family. Yeah, portrait, I'm with you. That's what my
1: problem was. Bobit wasn't in the picture. Yeah, because was, he was in her
0: tummy. He might have. Yeah, he might not have been born yet. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it was in her tummy because she was cheating on the husband with Doug. With dirty Doug.
0: We also don't know the what's like the incubation period of a alien pregnancy. I don't know. Are they more fertile or
3: less fertile? No, but she doesn't look like the other kids, so... They make a reference to her, that she has, like, long hair. The fact that the other two kids look like the dad, and Bobit also looks like the dad, I would assume that he's the dad of Bobit, not the human.
2: Look at my my dog and cat reference. It didn't make any sense. Cat dog? (sighs) Don't make me go over it again.
0: I don't want you to. it It didn't make a lot of sense the first time. I know what to dominant do,
2: genes come out. Are dominant so, genes
1: expensive? I need new genes. Okay,
3: so the dominant genes <laughs> thing would disprove your point. Because you he think... doesn't look like the mother; he looks like the other alien's dad. because well, the mother's
2: got so the dominant alien genes DNA. It's like you know, like people who have like.
0: Stop giving the show credit. They didn't even think about it. No, <laughs> so we they should did like the it. idea of they a
1: genetic it. scientist listening yeah. to this episode and then blowing their brains out and being like, "I can't do it anymore." <laughs> This is also the scene, too, where this is the least, the most aggravating scene of the entire episode to me, Was she was like, you can call me Cookie. It's short for... And then it goes on, I timed it, seven fucking seconds. It was was way too long.
2: (laughs) It was way too long.
3: She was right. It was short for that. True. (laughs) I hated that moment. <laughs> right I love that it. you feel how you make me feel every time you make a pick. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Major Dad make you as angry? You created a monster because I need this now. Did Major Dad find a new girlfriend who was a fucking alien? No, no. But you also made me watch California Dreams, which I think is on par with this as bad. I'll say.
0: Listen, I don't think that show is great, but out of all the shows we've covered, Ferg brings us up all the time, and I don't think it was so bad that. Berg should be this mad about it for so long. This, to me, is maybe the worst show we've done.
1: This is worse to me than Homeboys in Outer Space, especially if we're going by
4: alien shows.
1: Gordo, <laughs> congratulations.
4: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I am f- i don't know.
0: So we um we cut back to the kids, and the baby's just kind of normal baby gibberish. And Boba's like, what is Goo Goo? What is Gaga? Define who are the goo goo dolls <laughs> when the baby's unable to do that because it's a baby Bobbit gets like some laser blaster thing and like uses it to open the door. And then the baby crawls in and then he uses it again to shut the door. So now the baby's trapped in the closet.
1: I know we bring it up all the time. This is a Muppets show where they open the closet. Should it
0: have been <laughs>
1: <laughs> the third <God>. right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey in all fairness spider-man was in there before too so <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily
0: the third reich in that closet so when bobert sees his dad's boss he's like on the phone and he blasts him with that like same door opening laser gun and while it's like the laser still like attached to him he's like give daddy the promotion now and you like see smoke like frying the brain as so he's doing stupid. it yeah which is like noted in the next scene when you see Cookie and Bobit in the car driving home and she's questioning what he did to Mr. Bellamy. And Bobit insists he didn't do anything, but also says that all their problems are solved now and to drive faster because Lamb Chop is on. Um, I loved <laughs> Lamb Chop as a kid, by the way.
2: Oh, yeah, I love
3: that show. Me too. I was never into Lamb Chop.
0: I loved it. And it's one of those, I don't know why.
1: My sister loved it. I liked uh, Sherry Lois and Bram.
0: The skinny marinky dinky dink.
1: Yeah, and does your chewing gum lose live its, its flavor?
0: Yeah, because you've... Well, no. Yeah, I mean... No, Bobit's younger than us. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, this came out in the mid-90s, so we we got some years on him.
1: I think our assumption is Bobit is born in 1995
0: or 6? Yeah, not knowing, you know, like, the, how they age, but yeah.
1: Which is weird, it means Bobit would be, like, 28 now. Like, where's Bobit now? What's he up to? Yeah.
3: He's walking around looking like Spike. I'm sorry, Spit. Now I did it. Wasn't that Spike. <laughs> that's a that's a reference to the movie uh, Chuck Norris' Child
0: movie. So in the next scene, like there's a board meeting in session, and two of the guys Doug mentioned earlier are both like standing by Mr. Bellamy's side, kind of like being typical kiss asses. When he decides to cut everyone off and say he must promote Brody now in that same alien cadence um, that Bobit speaks in, and and announces that Brody is a new vice president of sales in the Pacific Rim region one of the guys stands up and says, wait a minute. I was promised that job. I was contractually guaranteed. That man is Aaron Eckhart, who is like, you would know as two face <laughs> in the dark night. <laughs> and thank you for smoking. Oh man.
3: I love thank you for smoking.
0: That was a good movie. But yeah, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. It's just so funny to see like where some of these guys are before they become famous. Now, like those two, like kiss ass guys from earlier, both stand up and they congratulate, uh, the boss's decision. And now they're both talking like aliens to like, just follow suit to what he's doing.
1: This is not enjoyable.
0: No. And then like that next scene, we are back at home and Sally's scrambling to make this large vat of pudding, like a ton of pudding And Bob, sends her off to get him a sweater or something because he's cold. So she leaves the room and right as she's leaving the room, the other two younger kids, out and Adam both walk in from school. And as it turns out, the teacher picked Adam to bring home the class frog. And he sets it on the counter. And then the two start, like, going through the cabinets or they're doing something. But while they're doing so, the frog and Bobit, like, lock eyes. And it, like, I don't know if it scared the frog or what, but the frog jumps out of the small tank and right into the boiling pudding. And, like, when you see it, like, the... Frog's legs are, like, sticking up as it, like, sinks into the boiling pudding. I was like, just "Just murder a frog. Did
4: anybody else envy the frog at this point?
3: Yes.
1: Oh, my God. Death by pudding would be so much better than the next 20 minutes of the show.
3: This got my first real laugh of the episode, though. It was when Boba goes,
0: My pudding! My pudding! (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to the living room, and Heather's on the phone gossiping with one of her friends, and Spit asks if he can use the phone, and she tells him that If you're hungry, there's a clock in the other room. So he bends over to her and then shows her his brain and not, no, not his balls, like his actual brain (laughs) and which is like kind of like this yellow glowing brain thing. And then like pops his eyes out later on too, like all these little things to annoy his sister while she's on the phone. And then dad runs in and announces that he has a new promotion and talks about all the perks, like including membership to the country club. So then Heather notes that one of the popular girls in her school has parents that go to that country club too. And now that, you know, the two are going to be able to be friends and she's not going to have anything to worry about for the rest of her life. And spit goes, except for that meteor in 20 years. And then like mom gives him like this shut up look. And he's like, they don't know. I did laugh at this. That was, that was the line that got me that I actually, the one time I laughed. That's how dinosaurs ends.
1: Yeah. So, well, luckily guys, we made it because that would have been what, 2016?
0: Yeah, we're okay. We, we, we're we safe. <laughs> I imagine the
1: show was like, they'll be fine until that plague in 2020. Like, oh my God.
0: So now the parents are in the kitchen and Doug is saying how it feels great knowing that all the guys in the company who thought he was never going to go anywhere are seeing this. And Cookie says, like, she has to tell him something and explains what happened with Boba. And like, he's just completely fine with it. He says something about like, how it's fair to have an unfair advantage, basically. And my thing was... Shouldn't he have known anyways when his boss started talking like an alien? The
1: dictation, yeah. Yeah. Because he has alien children now.
0: Yeah, like, wait a minute, something's off. And it wasn't like nobody noticed because the other two guys started talking that way to be kiss asses. So it was no noticeable.
1: It's almost like they didn't think about anything they were doing <laughs> as they wrote this show.
0: And then right after, Cookie's reminding him, like, oh, we have to get ready for Heather's swim show. He's like, oh, I don't have time. I have like all these calls I got to make with these guys from Japan. We cut to Adam and Sneezy trying to figure out what to do with this frog. And Sneezy's about to make like the suggestion, but gets cut off what by, a the sound of, <laughs> by the
4: weird sentence.
0: By gets cut off by the sound of Doug's business call in Japan, and they cut over to that. And you see the man like on the line is speaking to him in Japanese. Well, you hear it, not see it, rather. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, the only line I know in Japanese is sayonara. He goes, sayonara. and he hangs up. <laughs> he's like, no! And this was Me the too.
4: only funny part of the show, in my opinion. It's funny because they do it twice, and the second time
1: makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah,
4: because he just hangs up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to bring up here, too, Ferg, do you know that uh, that kid, Ad, the kid who plays Adam is one of the kids from Freddy vs. Jason?
4: Oh,
3: really? Which one?
1: Yeah. Uh, I forget what kid he is. Luckily, he's not the one who calls him the hard F word. That's the girl from... Destiny's Child, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Snizzy and Adam are trying to tell their dad what had happened with the frog, but he doesn't have any time to talk to them. And says he has to get the guy back on the phone, and when he does, like that whole kind of bit happens again where he's like, oh, sorry, you know, when I said sayona- sayonara, I keep want to say sayonatra. I don't know. When he Frank goes, like, sayonatra. Oh. It repeats again where the guy's like, oops, sayonara, and hangs up. What a happy Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now Snizzy's telling Adam, like, let's head to the garage. And now we cut to the kids in the garage where it's basically like this whole science lab setup and Stizzy's using some plutonium to like reanimate the frog. And yeah, you just get plutonium as a child anywhere you want. Doc Brown did it. He's
1: a scientist and he's 40. And so <laughs> she's she. an eight year old.
0: <laughs> well, she has a more evolved chemistry set, which was, you know, brought up by her brother. Also,
1: Doc Brown, to do that, had to lie to a bunch of Libyan terrorists who were trying to make a nuclear bomb. I
3: feel like there's a different story here. That's true. That's true. Maybe she lied to an alien terrorist to make a nuclear bomb. Maybe she's a Libyan terrorist. Maybe. Run, Marty, it's an alien!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did like the line when Snizzy says, some societies believe that bringing the dead back to life should be strictly the province of deity. But I say, kids could have fun with it, too.
1: (laughs) I would have laughed if heard she went
0: Mick World, but other than that, they can't handle this comment. <laughs> and then after like this big blast, we start to hear the frog ribbit again. So it worked; they got the frog back to life. Yay! Yeah. It, and in the next scene, Cookie and Boba are in the kitchen where they're laughing over a book she's reading, which was like it was very unnatural because I don't know. It just it didn't seem like she was reading a children's book and like the baby <laughs> That's was what was unnatural on. about it. <laughs> again, I don't. It just it felt off. Um, more so than other things here. And dad walks through and he's in a rush to get to work. And Bulbit wants him to read Pat the bunny to him again, but he doesn't have any time and runs off as we saw earlier, took all of 10 seconds to just, you know, go over the one page with, you know, with him, So like easily could have. And Bulbit says that this was unacceptable and in protest must throw his breakfast against the wall. And you see the door open and Sally start to walk through just in time to get hit with a bowl of pudding.
1: Oh well, Sally, which in my notes I wrote, of course.
0: And now Adam and Snoozy return to the garage the next morning to grab the frog before heading to school, only to reveal that this frog is now grown about 10 times the size. And we see like the frogs, like the way they just, it's like a forest perspective.
3: Yeah, it's like superimposed.
0: They just have the frog like closer to the camera or whatever. So it like looks big, but it's just like <laughs> this toy frog essentially with glowing red eyes.
1: Yeah, they played this trick a few different times, and it gets worse and worse as it goes.
0: It got
3: boiled to death and pudding. It should have been burnt. should have been like Freddy Krueger should be a gooey pudding frog, goddammit. Yeah, you couldn't think to say
0: Froggy Krueger in that moment? Not on the spot,
1: <laughs> no. Wait, so Adam creates Froggy Krueger? That makes a backstory for his character of Freddy vs. Jason now. There you go. That makes
0: so much sense. I, I guess a quick pivot just to screw you guys in. So our buddy Ferg here claims to be this huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. And recently, it was discovered that a few months ago, when him and I were in L.A., turns out we were staying like five minutes away from the house from Nightmare on Elm Street. And not once did he bring up that we should go and visit it. Yeah, well, you wouldn't take me to the
3: Henson studio.
0: No, I want. we drove by. I didn't notice until we drove by. And I'm the only one who noticed. But I just thought it was a little interesting for someone who claims to be such a big Freddy Krueger fan <laughs> that we could be so close to the you know iconic house, and he didn't even want to look at it.
3: Could have went to the boiler room too. We just didn't have time. Oh, where's the boiler room? Same area, in the
2: basement.
1: Is like in a school or something. <laughs> Thank you, Gordo. I appreciate your uh,
3: candid commentary. So it's, it's, there. it's near the stadium where Jay went to the baseball game. It was like, like little area where they shoot a lot of like stuff like that, like old buildings and stuff. And that's where the boiler room was.
1: It is genuinely fun, though, getting to go to filming locations like that. I went to the football field where uh, Dirty Harry shoots the serial killer. I was in San Francisco the first time, and I was like the happiest human in the world, and nobody else really cared about it. <laughs> that tracks.
0: Oh, this is from Dirty Harry.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank you for such an accurate representation of my voice right there. <laughs> It was you being quirky, like Zoe D. Chanel. Yeah, I yeah.
1: sang it. I wrote a song about it on my ukulele that's also a xylophone, as I was so excited about it.
0: Cutting back into this, we, uh, we're back in the living room. We see Heather watching Newt Gingrich on the TV, and Spit goes, Oh my God, it's evil Krog. I thought he'd <laughs> been sent to the Phantom Zone.
1: <laughs> Didn't expect him to throw, like, super politics into this episode where I was like this this is doesn't I mean I don't like Newt Gingrich but this doesn't belong here.
0: It was very random, but I mean like I mean you gotta remember the times but yeah even then you're like Newt Gingrich. Also
3: really generic writing because the Phantom Zones from DC comics that's where um Superman sends like all the big villains. Oh uh, like, cool. thanks nerd he's telling you <laughs> is that where the opera happens? That's where General Zod and the other Kryptonians are all trapped. Oh, and that piece of glass? Yeah, that's the
0: Phantom Zone. Oh, okay. Yeah. The doorbell rings, and Heather says it's Tiffany Kendall who's one of the cool kids. Before Heather lets her in, she shoves Spit in the closet, and while the girls are talking, Spit like shoots his eye through the keyhole of the door to see what's going on. And like Heather slaps the eye away, and the the two leave for school.
1: And she is the female Terminator from Terminator 3.
0: Oh. Cool. Is she? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even um, I didn't look her up. Dude, this show is star studded. It, it <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I, like her, I was like, why does she look so familiar? Why is her IMDb IMDb picture so familiar that it was like, oh, she's like the TX or whatever from Terminator Three? And I was like, although I did my best to forget that movie existed, all I remember is that character and when Arnold puts on the like flowery
3: sunglasses. That movie is a masterpiece. Now, if you look at some of the newer ones. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly better than some of the ones we got later, yeah.
0: So now we see Sally talking to Cookie in the kitchen, and we hear, like, a vacuum, and that's just Cookie who's sucking things through the hose. Blatant ripoff of Coneheads. I
1: lost my goddamn mind. I knew Ferg (laughs) would, too. Coneheads, which came out in 1993, the movie, and was a sketch in the 70s, they just rip an alien joke from a really successful group of aliens people actually give a shit about right. how fucking dare you I want Dan Aykroyd and Lord Michaels and fucking everybody involved to just sue the shit out of them
0: now I'm okay with maintain it. low tones on this podcast
4: <laughs> pretty cheap <laughs> going head I don't mind
0: Sally's <laughs> expressing her concerns about Bobit who she says thinks that he's like the center of the universe and Cookie's like well he is Bulbit is eventually going to grow up to be the emperor, apparently. I mean, that could have been a fun show, Emperor right? Hirohito.
3: We can bring this back to where we were a few minutes ago. I don't think he would have been the emperor if he was a half-breed. He was half-human, half-alien. I don't think they would have allowed that. Is he going to be
4: the emperor from... Who's they? Who's they not allowing it? The, the alien, alien society. Yeah. The, yeah.
0: Idiot. You're putting
4: too much stock into this established universe actually making any
1: sense. Can they go back to space if they want to? Because him being the emperor of space doesn't make sense in, like, I don't know, New York or California, wherever I'm assuming this is supposed to take place.
2: Well, where is New York and California, Joe? Floating on a planet in space. Boom. Okay, Gordo, I guess you got me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <Roach>. you, buddy. <laughs> I am chock full of winds. Is it? Is it time? Is
1: it time to end this episode? It is. So Greenlighter cancel, guys. Nope, not yet. <laughs> We're almost oh, done. God.
0: Back to Doug at work, and his boss is saying nobody has ever had the guts to hang up on the Japanese in the middle of negotiations before. And now he must promote them. Now he's still, like, using that, like, very alien-like tone. Now we see a couple guys bringing in carts full of, like, paperwork for, like, these, like, on dollies, like, boxes and boxes of, like, more work to do. Did you read what they said? no i don't think i did actually all of the legal document boxes just said
1: in like written in marker on a piece of paper tape to them tough cases i (laughs) laughed at that so hard but not because of the joke of it it was just so fucking stupid
0: and now his boss says yes they go he's going to hit the links we cut to the mailman walking down the street listening to the radio when we see the shadow of a frog appear as we hear it like thumping closer to him and like he looks up and then like a tongue just like He flies. just dies. <laughs> they kill this poor mailman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not the last death this frog commits. Yeah. So yeah, now this frog, to our assumption, is now like Godzilla sized. Frogzilla. I if do you love will. I love
3: that they keep repeating like reporting on it throughout the episode though. The giant frog
2: is here, Yeah.
1: But I guess if we're okay because Time Magazine said that this is the marriage of the century, we're also okay with giant frogs killing poor mailmen? You know, we don't know. Imagine if, like, in the mailman sat, satchel was the, uh, you won the publisher's clearinghouse for, like, ten million dollars or whatever, but you have to, like, <laughs> respond to it. But, like, it's just being digested through a frog's asshole right now and you <laughs> never get it.
2: Joe, when when was the Unabomber in, prom, in, in prominence?
1: Uh, he would have been caught in '96, I believe.
2: So could the so could we have sacrificed a mailman? No, he
1: was caught before this. No, he was caught before this. Yeah, he was. I okay, yeah. I think. Fuck, I have to look it up. We were talking about it the other day, but I forget the dates.
2: I'm just saying, could have been a bomb.
1: He was apprehended in April '96, so he just missed it. But that means that one of his bombs could have been cycling through, so it could have destroyed the frog from the inside when it was headed to like a big lumber company or something.
0: So uh, anyways, yeah, we're back to the kitchen and Cookie's trying to clean up Bobit's mess, which happens to be Edward Munch's The Scream, which is like now drawn on the wall in pudding.
4: Yeah, they don't even
1: talk about it either. The two paintings they loved making fun of in sitcoms in the 90s the most were The Scream and The the Gothic Farmers. Oh, yeah. Like they loved using both of those for anything they could.
3: Simpsons did it. Mm -hmm.
0: Everyone did it. (laughs) <laughs> and doug walks in and gives cookie some roses because he felt bad for missing dinner and cookie is eating the flowers and now she's bringing up like what happened to putting the family first and he insists that he is like he wants a bigger house with more bathrooms she says a bathroom can't help adam with his homework the bathroom can't go roller skating with snizzy and heather's school isn't hosting a bathroom daughter dinner dance <laughs> The kids need him. I did, like, the bathroom daughter dinner dance. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm sorry. I, I can't side with Cookie on this. It has not been enough time of him neglecting the family for her to be that upset.
0: Well, she's seeing a fast change. You know, like, as soon as he got this job, he's now unavailable for everything. Doug heads up to Bobit's room to, like, just watch him sleep, I guess, and wakes him up by accident in the process. And Bobit asks him to be elevated and... Then, once he does pick him up, says, Read me, Pat the Bunny, please. And I felt bad for this fucking right? little alien. <laughs> at this point. So
1: <laughs> you guys all have empathy that you do not need to have right now.
0: I just, I don't know.
3: Where's your heart? I love Joe? kids. Where's I'm your sorry, heart? You know, he's a neglected baby who's sad and begging for his dad's love. Maybe
0: I got neglected one too many times and it hit a little close <laughs> to home. But just like looking at him, like staring up sad, like because like that was like the fun thing they did earlier and then. You wouldn't do it later. It, like, so this means, again, I understand the context of this show, but, you know, him being so desperate in saying please, you know, and he's still like, right, he's, he's a future emperor, all
3: right? And he's bringing him down to say please to his dad, his, his stepdad. It's
0: sweet. His maybe stepdad. We don't know.
3: We do not know. I hate that we
1: do not know. And I hate that I want to know. And I'm sure one of the seven people involved in the show will listen to this
0: and tell us. Doug says it's late and he has to be up early in the morning So he can't and again I'm like just like Come on Doug it takes Four seconds just read him the one Page of the book right? it's one Page he likes to read just read the book <laughs> You fucking prick
1: It's like he's like dad read me great Expectations it's yeah. like no it's like read Me one page of a children's Book and then we'll do the kissy sticky Thing and now yeah. I'll go back to bed
3: it was the Best of times it was the worst <laughs> Of times <laughs> the blurst of Times <laughs> burst of times, a thousand bobits and a thousand
0: typewriters (laughs) bobits saying like don't go like I'm afraid of the dark uh not like the regular dark the dark of the cosmos the vast empty abyss and the scene fades out with Doug like cuddling the baby so like I don't know again you're spending some time with the baby just read the fucking book but right you're cuddling the baby
3: you're hanging out and talking to him he's gotta know that book by heart by then too so he doesn't even have to really open it
0: we see like a quick cutaway scene of um, the frog's tongue now eating like a plane out of the sky.
1: Second <laughs> frog murder that we've seen out of countless we probably have That the frog, frog
3: did- may have stopped 9-11 if they just let it live. <laughs> if we didn't kill that frog it just had a on the Statue of Liberty. Like, what's that coming up the East River?
1: <sighs> Take that, honey honjor, you're not coming to
0: Back in the house, everyone's on their way to the door to head, like, to that country club. Everyone but Bobit, who's going to be staying home with Sally. Oh, Bobit. <laughs> Bobit is, Bobit's, like, hanging on to, like, Doug's leg trying to stop him from leaving. Spit tells Bobit to not be such a gotch <laughs> as he yells at her mom because he used the G word. So I apologize to any aliens listening for using that G word. I was just obviously reading context from the script. How
3: desperate is Sally, though, that she keeps coming back? How desperate is she for work? That she's going to this house where she's getting abused by a an alien baby?
0: You know what, though? In the beginning, like, Sally kind of took pride in, like, there's, like, no baby she can't win over. So maybe it's, like, that conquest of, like, I need this baby to like
1: I like the crossover there. It's like,
0: oh, you want to play patty cake? I'm your nanny. (laughs) That would (laughs) make me want to watch this episode. (laughs) Now that everyone's gone, it's just Sally and Bobit, and she's struggling to figure out, like, what to do. And this was something that bothered me. We talked about the sling earlier. Yeah. She's, like, doing, like, itsy-bitsy spider and other things where she's moving her arm around and shows that she doesn't need the sling.
1: The Unnecessary sling.
0: And I I get it. I get that the show has many holes in it, and it's a show about an alien-human-crossed-family situation. But why is she wearing—they never even explained why she had the sling on. So for her to be using her arm with the sling and properly, like it just—why did we even do this?
3: That pudding was thrown really hard. Okay.
2: <laughs> I assume that it's supposed to be a time jump where he he puts her in progressively more violent situations.
0: It's possible that it's something we never saw, but like then you got to sell the injury. You know what I mean? Her hair should be disheveled. She should look a little wilder than just like exactly the same, only with a sling now. She kind
2: of does. I mean, she has like a, um, like a bandage on her head.
0: Oh, uh, maybe I didn't catch the bandage.
2: Yeah, she has like a bandage on her forehead, like in the top forehead
0: corner. So while they're playing, she eventually lands on Patty Cake, and he, he gets so excited when he sees it happening. And like, uh,
1: <gasps> did anybody think this was like a Roger Rabbit reference? I don't. No. I did. It didn't flag me
0: at the time.
1: Because like, there's the scene in Roger Rabbit where they show... That's very sexual. I do not think of the Roger Rabbit Right, but like, that's the only other time where Patty Cake makes somebody that excited.
0: No,
3: it's the showing that despite everything, him being a genius with powers, he's still a baby. And Patty Cake excites him.
0: And she figured out like the thing to like win him over. I'm
1: not bad at this podcast. I'm just drawn that way. I don't know. It's the best I could do.
0: <laughs> and now, you know, he wants her to do this over and over again. but we know that this is going to last forever. Now we cut to the country club... And first you see Cookie at the table alone and like it pans off and now you see Heather, Tiffany talking at a table. Tiffany surrounded by all these dudes until she like asks for a water and everyone scrambles off to get her one. I thought it,
2: she said waffle.
1: Yeah, she said waffle. She did say waffle. Oh, it was waffle. <laughs> waffle? Uh-oh. That's why she asks Spit for maple syrup.
0: Oh, that makes that makes more sense now.
1: Unless she was on like a cleanse where she's like, get me water and maple syrup and cayenne pepper. And cayenne I'll pepper, be yeah. shitting in five minutes. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, so she asks for a waffle and everyone runs off to get her one. And now Spit walks by and catches her eye and she calls him over and she tells him, you know, she sure could use some maple syrup. Yes. Now this all makes more sense. And Spit says, I suggest you <laughs> drill a hole in a tree and suck it out. And walks off. I mean, is that a <laughs> reference? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not deliberately. And now Tiffany finds this lack of interest to be sexy. Because as you see, every other guy on Earth is just like waiting on her hand and foot.
1: Well, they know she's a Terminator. You got to be careful.
0: That's true. Tells Heather to get him to dance with her. Now, Heather runs up to him and tries to get him to talk to Tiffany. And he's not interested. And eventually they cut a deal. So now the car she's supposed to be getting for her birthday, he now wants so he can eat it.
4: (laughs) She agreed to that real quick. Real fast, right? Desperate, yeah.
2: Like, you couldn't just go to a junkyard and, like, munch on some junk cars?
4: I, who wants an old, junky car when you can eat a new one?
2: I assume, like
0: any food, good quality ones taste better than poor quality. How do we know, though?
4: Like, a new
1: car is, like, chicken parm, and a used car is, like, eggplant parm. You don't want the used car.
0: How dare mm, you? No.
4: <laughs> hey, eggplant parm is delicious. It's really <laughs>
0: good.
3: Strong yeah.
4: disagree. Strong disagree. You haven't
3: Ferg, had. You don't it right like
0: then. any vegetables, though. I expect this from Ferg. Joe, <laughs> yeah. I somewhat respect you as an adult. A quirky one, but an adult.
1: <laughs> I do love vegetables. I just ate a very vegetable. I had a lot of broccoli tonight with dinner. I do Ew. not like eggplant, and I certainly don't like anything that lies about being chicken parm.
0: It doesn't. It's called eggplant it parm. It's not <laughs> yeah. called also
2: chicken parm. I don't agree. It's not called fake chicken parm. Well, it is in my house.
0: Heather calls Tiffany over to introduce the two formally, and Spit takes her hand to dance, and they're dancing to How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Yeah, that's a weird song And choice, again, right? it was like, that's not cheap to just license a song like that. Yeah, it's not like
1: the Bee Gees are like a not well-known band. They're like a band who sold a billion albums. Their songs are not going to be cheap for TV use. Oh, guys, wait, I figured it out. This is why it's not on DVD and why this show's not streaming anymore. They couldn't pay the rights for the Bee Gees song. Oh, is that why, That's Joe? the reason that no one's ever seen this again.
0: They definitely thought this was going to be a hit show, so they put money yeah. into it, you know? The actual dancing was kind of funny, that weird, like, waving Wavy. arm thing they were doing together. And then they go into, like, a more standard dance, too. Like, the
1: choreography of the dancing was actually good.
0: He eventually, like, goes to give her, like, a spin, but...
1: And then we lose it. Too
0: powerful, yeah. And she's like, like a and...
1: <laughs> If they're pulling a bunch of stuff from modern culture that's happening right then, you have him do the roses thing, like in Adam's family, but then he but eats eat the it. rose. Yeah, that's the fucking move. Not to try to make this show any better in the writing, because fuck, but that's the move. Well, mom already
0: ate a rose earlier.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. The kid would do it. You know, it's like a, a family trait.
0: It's a callback. So she, uh, he sends Tiffany flying uh, with that spin. And now we cut to Doug and Cookie, and she says she wants the old Doug back. And he says, this is the old Doug. He just wants what's best for the family. And now they've got it. He says, it doesn't get much better than this.
3: Again, she can't be upset because he's not doing stuff for the family. He has the whole family there. They're doing a family activity right now.
2: But they were supposed to go to the
3: zoo. Oh, my God, the zoo. You're at a fucking country club.
0: Well, like, that's not exciting to, like, well, I guess to Heather. Actually, looking at it, if they took the whole family... Well, I guess Bobit was the only one who got slighted, because Bobit probably (laughs) would have went to the zoo.
1: Yeah, he would have liked the zoo better, probably.
0: Maybe he doesn't love Bobit because he thought it was going to be his kid, and then it came out looking like her ex. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Well, he saw that giant baby dong, and he's like, that's not my kid. And then he was just super bummed out.
0: Again, it's just weird.
1: It's an alien. It doesn't count.
0: It's a (laughs) baby.
3: It's an alien. It could be 10,000 years old and still a baby. It doesn't count. What if he's like Yoda? That's true. Baby Yoda's 50 but he's still a baby.
0: So to go back, as soon as he said that, you know, things don't get much better than this, that giant frog looks through the window. That's right behind them. And everyone in the place starts to like scream and panic. And now it cuts to the house. Like later that night after, cause it's like, I mean, to go back, like they're running around and like, but nothing really comes of it. We just see the frogs there. <laughs> um, it doesn't actually attack anyone inside this building, but we cut back to the house later. And the family's watching the news where they say that the frog's being detained and was captured by the National Guard and will be taken to Euro Disney. Which changed its name in 1994 from Euro Disney. It was like uh, Disney Paris, right? I think it's Paris. It's
1: Paris now. And it's been that since 1994. So the show two years later didn't know what to call Euro Disney. It wasn't called Euro Disney.
2: Strange that this is
0: ABC. Yeah, it's
2: a
3: Disney show.
0: Yeah. Now we cut inside. Snizzy is explaining how she did this, uh, reanimated the frog, and apologizes. And Doug says, no, it's my fault. You know, when my kids start recombining the DNA of a frog and mutating it, mutating it into a giant monster who lays waste to our town, that means I've been spending too much time in the office. And that frog got too big too fast, and so did I.
1: This is like the real like Brady Bunch like on down on one knee, bring it the all together in the life end, lesson, yeah. yeah.
0: And he's kind of like continuing on until Bobit says to stop his tedious moralizing. Doug obliges and tells Bobit that tomorrow he wants to he wants him to take the mind control off of his boss. And when he does, he's sure he's going to be demoted. And that's when Cookie goes, "Ah, oh, that's the man I abducted," and <laughs> that's how that scene closed. For the end credits, we just get that um, exterior shot of the house with the credits rolling, and you can hear, like, an exhausted Sally doing patty cake over and over again.
1: And if you watch it originally the day it aired, you get Statler and Waldorf doing a <laughs> closing segment where they say Suzanne Summers is a babe, and I fucking loved every second of that.
0: <laughs> to, to peel, like, a few seconds further back, um, just to when it was, like, that closing scene, that was, like, I don't know, that's kind of what I wanted a little bit more of, in the show was like them just being a normal family and without any like weird hooks and stuff. Like, I don't know, not that I thought it was great, but I don't need all this like over eyeballs flowing and brain popping. Like, I don't know. I just thought they were overdoing so much that whole time before we kind of close. And I know we, we kind of want to talk about some of those, some other things, but real quick, I feel like this show could have worked with some tweaks. I really do. I think if you toned it down uh, with the alien references and just let them be aliens, I do think they had to change the look of the aliens themselves to, to kind of, like, meet them in the middle and be a little bit more human-like. I think that, like, there was a world where this show could have worked in this time frame of, like, the mid-90s when there were some wacky shows that were successful. You
1: know what have made this show work? Two words and the only thing it would have done. Bronson Pincho. If we had Balky in here, I think he could have saved this a little bit. Would he still
0: be Balky? As I told you guys, and I don't know when we'll have time to cover because we have um, a bit planned in the future. Luckily, there is an alien show that he is the star of. I am certain we will cover that one day. Yeah, instead of going too much about extra notes and stuff about the show, because there really isn't much. We talked about it before. The version we found on YouTube, which any of you guys can go and watch had, like, its original commercials attached to it. So, it you know, it'd be fun to kind of go over a little bit of that stuff.
1: The first one I'd like to say is, we're ten minutes into watching this show, and anybody who watches on YouTube, I hope they feel the same way. I'm watching this terrible sitcom, and all of a sudden it says, Next week on Grace Under Fire, and I get a great sitcom <laughs> slapping me in the face. And then after that commercial, I don't have to go back to John Wayne Boebert again. <laughs> I don't want to fucking watch it.
2: And, uh, Buddies...
4: The Matt LeBlanc show. Matt LeBlanc show, buddy. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Me too. it has got to be on the list now too, right? Oh, it was a movie. Oh, he's right. It was a movie, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know that. Uh, Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls on VHS commercial. Uh, Chester Cheetah and Phil Hartman. Way to make me feel right? sad while watching this. I was like, yeah, right. oh, Phil Hartman. What a great loss.
3: A great man who we lost like way too fucking soon. There's also a little Caesars commercial with pizza, Evil pizza. Knievel and uh Jimmy Walker. Yeah, he goes, Dynamite, stuffed crust. <laughs> this is the best commercial of all time. <laughs> yeah. He plays tennis with Evil Knievel, who's on the motorcycle hitting. <laughs> he drives his motorcycle into the tennis net and just shoots
1: him backwards. <laughs> uh we get some Tylenol extra strength commercials going on there. Uh some Jell-O. Jell-O, which is a good tie-in, right? Right. A Burger King's Kids Club. Oh, we got both a Burger King and a McDonald's Happy Meal Kids Club. Yeah. So I looked up at the time they were advertising McDonald's Happy Meal for $1.99. Now that would be $4.09 with the inflation calculator. Oh, I'm sorry. It would be $3.87, but the same meal now is only four oh nine. It's only a $0.20 cents difference. Like, I will give McDonald's the credit there that they have not hosed anybody on the inflation there. It's almost the exact same price in 25 years almost. I've never gone to McDonald's and been like, "This is ridiculous pricing." Like, <laughs> no, they're one of the few companies who keeps their pricing down, so you got to give them that. Oh, also, the Monkey Movie Ed we talked about too. Oh, it was Ed with Matt LeBlanc. That's, that's Matt LeBlanc. That's what it was. Not Buddies.
0: Buddies is a show. Yeah, that's yeah,
1: weird. that was a show that was on after.
0: What I found a little fascinating, and I, it's weird because like shows, it's not like shows are directly tied into their advertisers. That's more of a network thing. But we had a show that mentioned pudding the whole way across, and there's like a Jell-O pudding ad in this. It's like they could have got Jell-O pudding to sponsor the show and use that instead of like generic brand pudding for this whole episode. Didn't didn't the boxes have Jell-O? It was, um, oh, no, it was like it was generic pudding. Yeah.
1: Then you have Bill Cosby and there, are like, and not give him
0: the pudding. <laughs>
3: like I think can't that just now. That would have made it. If it was cookie. Do you need a drink, cookie? <laughs>
1: Oh, you'd never be able to do that now Those commercials will be burned
0: Luckily we're not going to get in trouble Because if anyone listens to Joe's Bill Cosby impersonation They're going to have no idea who he's trying to fucking be So <laughs> It'll, it'll, it'll the keep old- us uh, <laughs> You can't do Bill Cosby
3: he's, He sounded like Eddie Murphy <laughs> I was going to say, are your
0: Bill Cosby's like closer to the Jimmy Walker
3: <laughs> Well again,
1: Jimmy Walker Much better man than Bill Cosby As far as we know Oh, God. That's going to be the thing that gets me 30 <laughs> years? <laughs> he said the drink was
0: dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of covered all this at great length, or at least we joked up through it for the last hour and a half. So not much left to do, um, but green light canceled, So I'm going to go in the order I see you guys in. So Joe, starting with you. A year after this show came out, uh, the Heaven's Gate cult,
1: wanting to go join the aliens, committed ritualistic suicide as they thought they would jump on the Comet Hillbop. When that happened, we got footage of all of them, mainly just their feet and shoes, dead. And that was all over the news everywhere around the same time. And that is a far more enjoyable alien <laughs> video to watch than any moment of this fucking TV show was. And with that, I cancel.
3: Berg, I broke Joe. <laughs> As much as I'd like to pass one of my shows, uh, hard cancel from me. This had strong member berries going in. I watched it about a month ago, and I picked it. And, God, is it bad. I disagree with the aliens' looks. I think they look fantastic. It's like everything else in the show is terrible. Special effects. I think we could make that. We could make this show. We wouldn't have the damn Jim Henson suits, so... But it hurts me to cancel anything that Jim Henson is attached to, but I gotta. Sorry, Jim. Cancel.
0: Nick.
4: Yeah, I was just totally disinterested in this front to back. It was poorly written. Uh, I didn't like the acting of the aliens, or if you want to call it acting. like I, Everything was just really unnatural and uncomfortable and poorly done. I don't have a lot to say about it. I just hated it and I will not be watching a second episode, so
2: hard cancel
0: what did i do <laughs> uh gordo yeah so this is
2: a green light for me is this is a real green light from you this is 100 <laughs> percent a real green light uh i did not mind this at all i had the member berries i want to see i like this show wasn't good right but i can't really cancel anything with jim henson just like all of you said when we covered the muppets You said I could never cancel anything with the Muppets, and here you are, or anything with Jim Henson. No, we said the Muppets, and there
1: was not a Muppet in this episode.
2: Also, I didn't know this existed. Ah, but they all exist under the Jim Henson world, therefore they could be Muppets. And I believe I did cancel that. No, you canceled us being dirty on that. (laughs) You canceled the cast. No, but I actually want to see a second episode. I want to see the... It was cheesy. It was, like, campy, stupid, just campy, stupid, fun. Like, I enjoy that type of shit. Like, I enjoy B-movies. I enjoy terrible things. So why wouldn't I enjoy this terrible show? Greenlight.
0: Right. So, uh, much like Joe, I have a story to tell as well. June 1st, 1999. Blink One Eighty Two released the song "Aliens Exist." No, um, no. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Tom DeLong for being right. I guess. Um, no. So this show was not good, and I love stuff in this vein, like Jim Henson Creature Shop. Love dinosaurs. Like I said, there. I think there was a way that the show could have worked, but in its current incarnation, I just think it was a little too hokey. I think you need to dial down the goofy and just let it be a wild premise, but still kind of act accordingly just so much corny stuff happened throughout the episode. It didn't have enough there. Um, like the, you know, the, the thing that makes you like a show like dinosaurs and stuff is it was very, in that it was an exclusive like dinosaur world. There wasn't humans in it, but it was very like realistic situations. There's a lot of heart with the family. Like this didn't really have enough there. It was just, it was so like concerned with the alien jokes that they didn't really care about piecing the other stuff together other than the baby being upset that the father wouldn't read pat the bunny which i think was like the only good thing about it was like that that was the only time they had like good tie-ins and stuff i kind of had a feeling i wouldn't like it but i I went in with uh with you know an open heart and gave it my best no it's just it's just not good and there's a reason it lasted all of two episodes before just kind of being shuffled across um this wasn't like a diamond in the rough find by any means cancel for me With that being said, only one out of five. So sorry to aliens in the family. You do not get the green light from us. You do not live on a sea episode two. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Go to S1E1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our social media, all that stuff. Give us a follow everywhere. Write reviews. All those things help us out a lot. Uh, S1E1pod on Instagram and X, I guess. Hit us up over there and, you know, shoot us a message shows that you want us to cover just talking to us in general is just something that we really like finding out how you came to find us and you know meeting you guys has been really cool but uh, with all that being said go to youtube and watch this monstrosity of a show if anything it's a fun quick little watch thanks for listening guys we'll catch you again next week thank you goodbye
1: i think we got the best boss's baby in a cl- i don't know man this was just bad i don't have the best night anything here